And now, introducing the man whose Freudian slip on Tuesday when he called me Kyle sent me spiraling downward into a sea of self-loathing and despair. Or not. Honestly, I'm surprised it took three months. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Paul Valley. We are here. Thanks to uh, Paul and Stan for helping me out yesterday as I had to uh, go down, spend some time uh, with some family and friends after um, a, a, a death of someone that was very close to me. And so I appreciate those guys pitching in for me. Got a busy day on tap. Very, very busy day on tap today. A lot to do. We're going to talk Terps with Len Elmore here in a minute. Uh, he didn't work the broadcast last night. He actually worked the Wisconsin game over the weekend. Last night ended up being a thriller. Shouldn't have been. Uh, the closing seconds of regulation did not go well, but uh, Maryland able to get a win at Northwestern in double overtime as it uh, as it turned out. Their first Big Ten win of the year. We'll talk a little bit about that, obviously far more about the coaching search and, and where Maryland finds themselves trying to replace Mark Turge and Len Elmore will join us in a few minutes. Later on this hour, uh, looking forward to chatting with Ben Bender, the former University of Maryland soccer star and Calvert Hall alum, who is now the number one overall pick in the MLS draft earlier this week. He went to uh, the new Charlotte franchise. And so we'll chat with Ben. Um, Pretty remarkable accomplishment for the Baltimore soccer community, having the number one overall pick in the MLS draft. Speaking of Baltimore natives, Pat Downey is a Baltimore native, and he's been a bit of a controversial figure over the years. He was a very successful amateur wrestler, um, had a few brushes with controversy, um, you know, got into some fights, stunner, um, and fights that he wasn't supposed to get into, not organized fights. Um, you know, said some things on social media. He's a controversial figure, but he's certainly interesting, and he is uh, going a different route now as um, he is signed to begin his mixed martial arts career with Bellator, and he's going to make his debut later this year. He's going to tell us a little bit about that. And also this morning, we'll check in with KZ, uh, make our picks for the week, and uh, we'll also do what is our first sort of official NFL draft segment of the year. We'll be doing them every week between now and the draft, and we'll start uh, talking to prospects. I needed a couple days before I really started uh, diving in on that, but. Uh, KZ will start laying out some names that we should be watching, and uh, that'll sort of kick off our NFL draft coverage for 2022. As you know, no one is more on top of the draft than we are, and we will continue to be that way this year. So all that coming up on the program today. Today's show is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel, and I was just informed of the date. I mean, we're doing a hangout there this month. Um, I don't know if I can officially announce it yet, but um, during the playoffs, we're going to give you an opportunity to come down and hang out with myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. Um, We'll be uh, looking forward to that. going to be a fun day. I'll tell you more about that seriously. I think maybe within 24 hours I will have more details for you about that. In the meantime, it's always a good time to be at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. As you can bet on all the action, and they've got the self-service kiosks, so you don't even have to talk to any human being. You can just go right up, say, I want to put money on, you know, let's just say for whatever reason you like the Steelers to cover this weekend against the Chiefs, and you just don't want other human beings to know that. It's fine. It's between you and the machine. That's the way it goes. Plus, 
the area inside the FanDuel Sportsbook, that sports and social um, establishment, it is most definitely the best seat in the house. If you haven't been yet, it is immaculate at the Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Looking forward to being down there to hang out with you guys. Um, I didn't get the opportunity to chat yesterday. Um, I, I was sort of taken aback by all of the pandemonium in relation to the Orioles announcing that they are going to be moving the left field wall. I, and it's what I kind of say all the time, which is anytime there's change, we just freak out about it. Like, it's just the nature. And when it's different, our first idea is to panic. The first thing we do whenever something's different is we just panic. And it's not always that we don't like change. We don't like change that isn't our idea. If it's our idea for change, if we say this is what we think somebody should do, and they do, for example, a lot of you would love change if it was the Ravens changing offensive coordinators. You would love that. It's not that you hate change. You hate change that you didn't see coming or that you didn't like or that you didn't want or that wasn't your idea. When you are truly caught off guard by change, you don't like it, and you fr- your inclination is to freak out about it. And it might very well be that within, you know, hours, you sit down, you think about it, you're like, eh, it's not going to be so bad. You, you all panicked about the extra inning thing in baseball, which is by far the best thing that's happened to baseball in decades. It's incredible. And admittedly, I didn't panic about it, but I was one of the ones that when I heard about it the first time, I was like, nah, this sounds like a gimmick. I don't think I'm going to like it. And then I watched it once and said, holy crap, I need to take my pants off every time baseball is in the extra innings because it's so effing good. It's insane how good it is. So we don't like change, but we really don't like change that we hadn't thought about, and nobody in the world was talking about the idea of moving the walls at Camden Yards. It just wasn't something that was being discussed. Or if it was, it was in very dark corners of the internet that nobody was doing uh, openly. It wasn't a conversation that was going on out in public. So it gets announced, and our inclination is, whoa, whoa, we don't, rabble, 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 rabble. You know, then we think about it a little bit like, oh, well, you know, maybe there's a point to this, right? Like, maybe, maybe the Orioles are giving up too many home runs. And so, like, maybe, maybe, maybe there's something to be said for this. I don't know. A left center field gap should never be 364 yeah, feet. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Home. I play, I play in tough. a men's 30 and over league, and yeah. we have 45-year-old guys who hit home runs in gaps that are deeper than that. Now, they're not facing major league pitchers. They, they, Let's they, be they, fair about they, that. They aren't, but the harder yeah. the ball comes in, the harder it goes out. There's and, something to be said for that, sure. You know, yes. But, but the, the fact of the matter is... It's 390 is is more realistic for a left center field gap in my humble opinion, or at least 375. So and people are thinking that this means they're going to move the left field corner back right. 30 feet. That's not happening. Uh, no, it might. It's going to move back. I don't know yeah. how far it's going to move back. But no, it's not. It's not likely it's going to be 360 some down the line. That's not right. likely to be what it's uh, going to end up being. Um, I, I I don't have a hot take about this, right? Like because. I'm also not here to say, well, I think it's it's such a no-brainer. I don't know how it impacts your own right-handed hitters, right? Like, I don't know when when someone like Ryan Mountcastle, who's all bat, faces something like this, does it change him, right? Like, does he become frustrated? And does that impact him as a hitter? I don't know. We, we, know, we have no way of knowing that. They have clearly done a ton of work internally, and there is no doubt in my mind that they have thought about this side of it as well. The first thing that jumped out at me 
as I was, you know, looking at this on my way down to Virginia the other night, uh, the first thing that jumped out at me is this is their way of saying we know we can't sign a pitcher. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely the Orioles. The part that they can't just come out and say is at some point we're going to have to sign a pitcher because we don't have any. That's how I took it. It's it's the thing that I keep you – know, I know – Dan Connolly wrote a big piece about it in The Athletic, and I've been talking about it forever. The pitching isn't there. Whatever is going to happen with this rebuild, they don't have the arms, plain and simple. Grayson Rodriguez certainly appears as though he's going to be an arm. We, we hope that D.L. Hall is still an arm. Obviously, him not getting back out of the mound that last year, he's got to go back out again and prove that, right? Like, he's got to... Come back, look good, and and then you're back firing all cylinders with D.L. Hall. But nobody's talked about D.L. Hall as being a number one type of pitcher in the major leagues. He's just thought of to be a quality major league pitcher if he pans out. And then that's it. The pitching isn't there for a full-on rebuild. If you're trying to line it up with the timeline of Adley Rutschman, right? Like, could there be international prospects they've signed in recent years that could ultimately become pitchers? Absolutely. But that timeline doesn't line up with Adley Rutschman, who is the centerpiece of all of this. So if this is going to work, it's going to have to involve being able to sign a pitcher. And the Orioles have had no ability to sign pitchers other than the last guy that was standing there desperately waiting for a team at the end of free agency because no one wants to sign in Baltimore. This, to me, and this just to me, has smelled like their way of saying the biggest issue we're going to face of all of this coming together is that when we get there, if, and more, let's be fair, if we get there, we're going to need to be able to sign some pitchers. Do you think that this has an immediate impact on this year's free agency? No. They, they went out and they signed Jordan no. Lyles. Do you think there's another pitcher? No. Uh, not maybe a... Not, not, I mean, I, I don't think this impacts that in any way. I think they were if they were going to sign another pitcher, it was mm-hmm. going to be somebody that was... They were signing for next to nothing. Like I, right. I don't think there was any more money that was being spent. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be somebody like a Justin Verlin. No, I, I, I would think I, it would be... I, and, I, and I think at this point it's a... It, the guys that they'd be able to sign would be no more or less likely to sign. Based, It would just be, hey, I need a job, and you have a job. All right, it's better than pitching in the Mexican League. I'll, <laughs> I'll come pitch for you. You know, yeah, like that, that's, And I'm not trying to be – we just need to be honest about this, yeah, right? I'm not trying to disparage them. It's just we need to be honest about where they are right now. This, to me, is not about 2022 in any way. Now, the good news is, with expectations being low, if this does impact your own hitters – Hopefully, it gives them time to adjust to that before you get to the years that matter, right? That we hope matter. And I am still not convinced that 2023 is one of those years, but I know there are people that still want 2023 to be one of those years. Um, and so hopefully, even if it's not a year in which they're competitive, at least if, it's, if 2023 we can say is a year where they're ready to try to show some sort of progress – that doing this now gives internally your hitters that are going to be a part of this time to figure it out. Time to work with the new dimensions, realize how they should go about attacking things along those lines. Do I think it's um, brilliant? I don't know. I have no idea. I, there, are, there is a weird, there's a smaller group of people, 
that's that trust that thinks that Mike Elias knows everything, and it's I, in Elias we trust. And I've said all along, Mike Elias hasn't earned that. He hasn't. What has Mike Elias done to prove that that he's earned any amount of blind faith? And when I say that, I'm not saying I I I particularly distrust Mike Elias. It's that he's done nothing to prove that he can do this as a general manager. Not yet. Um, drafting Adley Rutschman number one overall, Paul could have done that. And, oh, well, thank and I'm, you. I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage you. I'm just anybody could have drafted the guy that was the consensus number one overall pick with the number one overall pick. So the the thing about Adley Rutschman, I don't. I mean, Adley Rutschman, I'm sorry, but about Mike Elias, I don't put blind faith in him because, like you said, he's never done what we're looking for him to do at the major on the major league roster, right? At the major league level, right? But so far to this point, everything he said he was going to do, for the most part, he's done. He's improved the farm system vastly. I, right. Dominican Academy, they're active in the international signing period. I, look, I have I have no reason to think he's a bad general manager right. at all. But I also, there's nothing tangible. The job of the general manager is to win. Right. And that hasn't happened. That's the one thing he hasn't done. Right? It, it, we have no proof that Mike Elias can build a winner. We have we have no idea if he can do that or not. Right. And, and so fair. I remain neutral when it comes to Mike Elias. I'm inclined to think that they've taken good steps. Um, it certainly isn't his fault that the Orioles didn't get anything in the, the, the trades that, that set up all of this, that they put themselves years behind because of it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, the the pitching thing does concern me. That the idea has been we're not going to use any early picks on pitchers. Like that concerns me because you're left in this spot. And now, well, we got to move the walls back because we can't draft any pitchers and we can't. You know, like that's that's sort of a weird blind spot that I got to deal with is the pitching issue. Mm. But I I just the idea when people say, well, if Michael Elias thinks this is a good idea, then I'm behind it. I'm like, I I guess. But I just don't know where the blind faith for Mike Elias would be coming from. It would be more like, I'm willing to listen than it is, I'm with it, right? Like, I'm willing to listen, and I think there can be sense and logic to it. I think I can figure out, if you're going to have to sign pitching at some point, you're going to have to do this type of stuff, because otherwise you can't sign pitchers. But if they do all this, and then they still we get there, and they say, yeah, but we're not going to spend money on pitching the way the or- old Orioles did, then what the F? Like, <laughs> what did you do it for? What was the point of any of this? Why not just be the team that tries to hit a billion home runs and win that way if you're not going to go out and sign any pitching? Unless, again, something drastically changes, and all of a sudden you know, guys that we weren't thinking of as being high-level pitching prospects within two years were thinking of the John – guys ends up being John Means, right? Like, unless there's three more of these guys in the system that end up being John Means out of nowhere in the coming years. But I, it, it to me, this is entirely about signing pitchers. This is utterly and completely about the need and, and the ability to sign pitchers if they get to a point where they're ready to do that. And it's still an if. I don't – sometimes we say when, but – Gotta remember, it's an if. Like there is still no guarantee that any of this is gonna pan out at all. Um, but if it does, and they need to sign pitchers, this should help them. Money helps too, and this doesn't outweigh money. You know, for a certain dollar amount, pitchers will pitch anywhere. They'd pitch in the Little League Stadium in Williamsport if you paid them a certain amount of money to do it, right? Like the pitchers, money is the big one. But if the money's similar then a pitcher's rather going to be, first of all, in the National League where they don't have to face as many hitters, although we'll see if that changes with the new CBA. I think we're expecting it to change with the new CBA, so hopefully that will even the playing field as well. 
And then on top of that, in a stadium where they're not, you know, I I I I almost never read the new Deadspin. Like I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I couldn't name anybody who writes for it. Um, but s- somehow I ended up on what they wrote about on the Orioles moving the fences, and I had forgotten about like the day that John Means threw the new hitter, threw threw the no hitter, throw the new hitter. What did I say? <laughs> um, the day he threw the no hitter, him saying, "I'm really glad we weren't at home." Because if we were, that fly ball in the eighth inning would have been a home run, and I wouldn't have done this. So, I mean, I get it. I I completely get it. Get more competitive in that way. There will be the idea that it's all positive. No, it's going to impact your hitters too. Like, yes, it's going to impact Vlad Guerrero, and yes, it's going to impact Glybar Torres, and yes, it's going to impact you know all the the prodigious power hitters that you face all season long. But it's also going to impact your own hitters. Your own right-handed hitters are going to be impacted because they play more games at Camden Yards than those guys do. So you're going to have to deal with that. I mean, that's that's going to be part of this equation is you're going to have to deal with that. We'll see how all that plays out. But I just, just I was really alarmed by how the, the panic that was sort of settling in about it. And I think it's more after 24 hours become more like we just now, okay, we're, we'll, we're willing to listen. We just want to see what it looks like. And that's a weird bit, too. I mean, like, I'm just being as honest as I can. It's very odd that the Orioles would announce this and not include, here's a rendering of what yeah. it's going to look like. Here's, here's what we envision for the new Camden Yards. Here's how we might change the seating area out, that to, out there, too. And maybe some of that is that that is all part of their continued negotiations with the stadium authority. And then until they know, you know, what the new lease looks like, they don't want to commit to anything. Like, they might have other ideas for the left field area that they just don't want to unveil because they need to know that the stadium, the state is willing to, to pay for some of those upgrades. It's a, it's a weird spot that they're in right now, but it's, it is very odd that you would announce something, like make it public and still sort of shroud it in secrecy. Um, it's the guy Paul from Masson. Paul Moncano, yeah. I was like, I don't, and I just don't know Paul. I'm not, you know, I, I know he's 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 uh, a good, he's guy. a well liked guy. I I don't know him. We don't have a personal relationship. I, I'm being honest about it. That was crappy. Like that was a that was a, a he. I think he's well liked enough that nobody. But as somebody who's kind of neutral, like don't just don't do that. Mm. Like that's. I, I, it's it's not cute to me. Like, there's a real journalistic question that people are asking about this. There is a real to to sort of tease people. Hey, here's the stadium. I'm like, nah, dude, come on, man. Like, you know, you know what you're doing. It's just sort of essy, right? Like, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's that he didn't, you know, murder a baby. You know, and I'm not. I don't want to try to make it seem like he's an awful person. But I thought that was crap, especially when you know the organization's going out of their way to not talk about it the organization is going out of their way to pretend like it like it exists but it doesn't exist you you can know that it's happening but you can't know anything else maybe at the time you announce it you have something else to show people here's what we envision it to look like here's your seats that you've sat in for years that will no longer exist something along those lines might be might be helpful um just when you're doing something of this significance so that's it. And, 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 like, they don't want to really talk about it either. That's also a weird bit. Like, they don't want to talk about it. You know, Morgan Addison said, like, hey, I reached out trying to see if I could get an interview with somebody because it's a pretty significant story. And 
They said no. Like, what? Why? Why? <laughs> like, we know it's happening. Why? Why is this something that we're shrouding in secrecy, despite the fact that it's not a secret any longer? Like, it's a really, it's it's just very, very weird. It's a very weird way that they're going about doing it. But ultimately, just not that big of a deal. All right, so there's that. I didn't get a chance to talk about that yesterday. Of course, the Maryland game, you know, ended up being a thriller. Uh, not necessarily one that should have been a thriller, but that's what it ended up being. We're going to talk to Len Elmore here in just one second. Today's show also brought to you by, well, you know, how about a reminder that Stan the Fan is doing a couple shows for you every week. And last night, Stan the Fan caught up with Ed Hale, the owner of the Baltimore Blast. If you missed that, or on Monday night, if you missed Stan and Ross catching up with Ben McDonald, you can find both shows right now. Go to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, click on the Videos tab, or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Video, and you can see those shows there. Every Monday night, Stan and Ross talking baseball. Every Wednesday night, Stan or Stan and Gary Stein talking to a newsmaker in the world of sports. Again, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and click on the Videos tab, or go to PressBoxOnline.com slash Video to see them there. Why don't we grab a break? Why don't we do that? We'll get a break here. We'll come back in. Scheduled to be joined by Len Elmore to talk some Terps. It's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Maryland got a double overtime win last night. Our next guest didn't do that one, but he did the game before that, the thriller against Wisconsin for Big Ten Network. He is, of course, one of the greatest players in Maryland basketball history. And our friend, Mr. Len Elmore, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Len, it's Glenn and Paul. It's always good to chat with you, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. No problem. Good to be with you guys. It's great to chat with you, my friend. Len, I, I, you know there, what you saw on Sunday against Wisconsin, obviously Maryland in a weird way grinds out this win. There's been a lot made about how hard this team appears to be playing for Danny Manning. Um, and I'm not sure what that means and and what they would have to do for Danny to be in the conversation for the job, but are you seeing that yourself? Are you seeing a team that appears to be playing, you know, harder for Danny Manning now as interim coach? I, I'm not so sure that, you know, you can say they're playing harder. Um, they're playing maybe a little differently, although, you know, the beginning of the, the Wisconsin game, it just didn't seem as though, uh, you know, they were all on the same page. And, and you know, I, I, in talking to Danny in, in practice before that uh, Wisconsin game, you know, he talked about, getting more paint touches, which was obviously feeding the post as well as driving and penetrating. And, and what happened in the first half of the Wisconsin game, and actually in, early in the Northwestern game, it seemed as though guys were going away from that, that everybody wanted to kind of, you know, get their shot and, and, and find out whether or not, you know, they had their perimeter shot instead of going in with consistency, you know, trying to work themselves into the paint. Because when they do that and – um you know, they make a concerted effort. You saw in the second half of both games, you know, Fats Russell, uh, the feeding the post as well as driving. You saw Hakeem Hart uh, and others. You know, when you put pressure on the defense like that, the good things happen. And I think that's something more than anything that I've noticed, uh, you know, under Danny Manning. I mean, I, and again, I think that it's the type of thing where um, maybe maybe sometimes just change generically lifts. Is, is that something that – when you go through something, it can just do whatever it is. Maybe not you're not playing harder, but it just does something to your psyche a little bit to go through a significant change. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're when you're told externally that you know you're you're going through trauma, you know, you lost your coach, you got a new one. Uh oh, what's going to happen to you mentally? I mean, obviously, you know, players talk and they talk to each other, and you know, they essentially circle of wagons that's a, a kind of a natural response sure and and, and once they do that uh, obviously there is you know a, a sense of cohesiveness a sense of i've got your back so to speak and you know it, it doesn't always manifest itself in performance uh, but you know i think that ultimately when things start to you know start to wear down when the individualism starts to wear down they start they revert back to that you know I got your back. Let's cover each other, and they just seem to start playing well. 
He is Len Elmore. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. L- Len, is there a point where you would say, you know, hey, if this team were to do, you know, this, I, I do think Danny Manning deserves to be in the conversation to be the next coach at the University of Maryland. Oh, no question. Um, you know, if, in fact, they can sustain um, the effort and, and start executing, um, you know, I, I think they they crossed the big hurdle last night um, with regard to anybody who's judging Danny's coaching. Um you know, obviously, in, in my opinion, down the stretch in, in regulation, um, you know, they lost. They lost the what was a five six point lead with is, uh, you know a little bit of time left, and people can blame that on the coach. Once you have a lead like that, it's up to the coach to keep it. But you know, they didn't. They didn't fold. You know, they bent and bent pretty, pretty well. Uh, but they didn't fold. And, and again, mentally coming back into two overtimes, they could have. They could have just said, "Okay, we don't have it tonight," right? Especially on the road, but they did, and, and that you have to give coaching credit as well. So you know, I, I think absolutely, if they can sustain, you know, get on a little bit of a roll, become, you know, more responsive and and quite honestly, um, you know, more successful in, in conference games because we still have, you know, a month and a half uh, at least of, of a conference games to play. You know, I, I think certainly you have to look and say. You know, will this man uh, be, you know, successful in in putting together a culture uh, that, um, you know, Maryland fans can be proud of? And I emphasize the idea of culture. Len, you are in a unique spot, right, because you're someone with who has to analyze Maryland basketball, who has to cover, if you will, Maryland basketball within your job. But clearly, you also care deeply about the University of Maryland and Maryland basketball. What is most important for you for this administration to prioritize in their search for the next Maryland basketball coach? Um, I, I think it's someone with a, a reputation of developing people. Um, and, and I'm not talking about just basketball players. And coaches have an extraordinary impact on a young, a young person's development. Uh, certainly, you want you want somebody who knows and understands how to win and has a proven track record. Of right. That. You certainly want somebody who doesn't have a hint of NCAA violation or any type of corruption attached to their name. Okay. And I know, in my opinion, that's going to eliminate a bunch of names. So, so can I, if I could, there. would you say at that point that if if you were in charge, Len, you would not be talking to Bruce Pearl? Absolutely not. Okay. What? Why? If somebody said back to you, Len, Bruce Pearl invited a kid to a cookout, right? Like, what's so bad about that? What What would you say? Is it Is it that, or is, is there more to it? Right. Um, what I would say is that you know you have to avoid even the um, the, the even the uh, appearance of impropriety. Um, you know, we've gone through that before, and and it really severely set the program back. And so we don't want to see that again. You know, Mark Turgeon, in 10 years, no matter what we say about his record and stuff, you know, you have to say that Mark Turgeon graduated all of the people that came through his program uh, and never had a hint of NCAA uh, violation. And that's why you last 10 years, despite the fact that maybe as far as you get is the Sweet 16. Right. You know, not, notwithstanding the amount of money that you make. And I get it. And that's okay with me, uh, but at some point you got to say, okay, let's try something different. Um, but but yeah, I, I just think that you can't have 
someone that even has a hint of that impropriety attached to them, uh, regardless of, of, of what it is. Um, you know, and when you say invited somebody to a cookout, if you know what the rules are, you know, you can't you can't flaunt them because of, of the potential punishment. I'm not saying that Bruce is a bad guy. Right. In fact, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, but you just don't want that attached because, again, you know, you you, you invite scrutiny that um, you know otherwise is. is undeserved and, and and we know by the way that the bruce pearl thing also involved him lying when 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 it was being investigated there were other issues that stemmed um from inviting aaron Kraft to this cookout i guess my as a former what was I gonna say, as a former prosecutor right. I would say moral turpitude right, right that's not bad not bad here's my and i think that you and i have talked about this before the issue that i have is that like the ncaa to me has screwed up so much in this process that it's been difficult for me. Like I, I've had to almost create my own rule system. Like if you do this, I'm mad. If you do this and it violates the NCAA's rules, I'm not necessarily mad because I think their rules are kind of screwed up. Like I've and and it's just a personal way that I've sort of a, adapted. In that way, I'm not. I don't know that necessarily I would rule out Bruce Pearl, but I think the better way I would say it would be: you might be capable of doing, but you don't. Might not have to do that. You might be able to get somebody. That, that has that type of personality um, that you don't have to have it be Bruce Pearl. Um, Absolutely. If, you know, in that way. Is, Absolutely. Is there anyone in particular, maybe not that you were, like, campaigned for, that you would say, I really hope the school at least considers this person for the job, at least allows them to go through the process? Uh, you know, I don't really want to you know, engage in, in naming individuals. I, I do think, though, that, you know, there are people who are outside of the, the program and, and the family and the history of Maryland that deserve a look, that are reasonably young, are up and coming, that have, you know, a, a track record, a proven track record of beating teams, sometimes even as the underdog, and, and have established, you know, programs and cultures that, you know, the alumni are proud of in, in, in the sense that we just spoke of. Uh, but I also think that, you know, Maryland needs to get back to connecting to Maryland culture and, and Maryland family. I mean, the, the one uh, one problem that I would have had that I did have in some ways, uh, and, and, you know, when Juan Dixon was let go, was that there was no connection to the Maryland program anymore. You hmm. look at some hmm. of the finest programs in, in college basketball, whether it be Duke or some others, and look at the connection to their past history. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we, we don't have that. That's fair. And, and I think that's where we have to get back to, whether the head coach is an outsider, and, but he has to recognize the history and, and embrace it, or if it's somebody who is close to the program, uh, has a history, even competed with the program, uh, you got to take a look at that as well. Len, um, Len Elmore with us, just another couple minutes here on GCR. Len, do, do you think that in any way Mark Turgeon was treated unfairly, either by the school or really by, by the fan base? As you point out, you know, he was... He didn't do anything. He never embarrassed the school. It's just, it seemed to be that 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 fans had a a level of expectation that Mark Turgeon teams simply weren't meeting. Um, did did you think in any way he was treated unfairly? I mean, look, if we're going to judge in context of where we are in 2022 and in the broader scope, look where we are politically, socially, and everywhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that coaches are. Uh, compensated extraordinarily well, and this is all part of it. Um, you're in the public eye. I, I, I think that 
you know, he was treated the way, unfortunately, society has now allowed people to be treated. I wouldn't do it. I, you know, I wouldn't um, call out his family. I, it had nothing to do with his family. Sure. You know, sure. I, I don't I don't boo at games. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, this is this is a, a big business and this is big boy, um, big boy involvement. And so you have to be able to take that stuff. Uh, you know, I don't think Mark is, saw the worst of what uh, fans can do uh, compared to some other coaches out there. And as I said, the compensation, all those things go with the territory. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't endorse it and I, I don't condone it, but it is what it is. I understand, and I, I think we should all be able to agree that like family should be uh, off. You know, off, that Absolutely. that it crosses a line. Whatever you want to be critical of a coach, be critical of a coach. Is your point? They're they're big boys. They make a lot of money. You can be critical, right? But we should all be capable of saying, "But you leave your fa- their family alone." Like that's Absolutely. it's absurd. Um, do you do you still believe, Len, that the expectation for the next basketball coach at Maryland should be to uh, win national championships? Is that is that what this program is capable of doing because they did it 20 years ago, or did that maybe you know screw up what we think the program is capable of doing? Well, look, I mean, based on the commitment of uh, the administration, and we've seen that year in year out. Um, you know, based on the, the the commitment of the alumni. You know, based on the fact that Maryland is in a Power Five conference and has you know, demonstrated, uh, you know, the competitiveness to a level uh, with other programs who have won national championships. Um, Yeah, I I would say that that expectation certainly should be there. The problem is the expectation should not be one uh, that this can be done overnight. And, and that's right. If you're expect if you're expecting it in 2024, that's probably not going to be the case. That's probably not going to be what a new coach is going to be able to do. And then my last one for you: Has college football wised up and, and allowed you to fix them yet, or are they still completely ignoring you at this point? <laughs> um, you know, with regard to the understanding of, of maybe the like interest should be aligned, and maybe you know, Power Five football should be separated based upon their interests compared to others. Um, you know, obviously, the Power Five doesn't want to think about it. Yep. Uh, but we have had some interest from, you know, some of the um, the smaller conferences, some of the conferences who don't have football at all, um, recognizing that maybe there is something to the idea of separating them. And um, interesting. You know, it's it's something that uh, it continues to be discussed. All right, Len Elmore, at Len Elmore on Twitter. Uh, what can we plug for you, my friend? When are we seeing you on TV? What else do you have going on? What can we get plugs in for? Well, believe it or not, I've got um, the Maryland against Rutgers oh. at home uh, on Saturday on the Big Ten nice. Network. Nice, And then I've got Maryland, uh, Illinois at home on FS1 uh, the following week. Excellent. So, you know, I don't, I don't know this. This may be my swan song with all the things that are going on with COVID and all this stuff. I don't necessarily like traveling. Um, I enjoy doing the games, but you know, if uh, if anybody's interested in, in, in my take and viewpoint from the game of college basketball and specific games, you know, tune in. All right, I, man, it makes me very happy to know that you'll be doing Maryland games. I always like that. Len Elmore, always appreciate taking the time for us. Thanks for joining us this morning. Let's talk again soon. All right. Great, my pleasure. Thanks. Len Elmore checking in with us here on GCR. I, I, I would not, you know, I, I'm not with. I would not be ruling out Bruce Pearl. And again, maybe it's because I, 
somebody would say, Glenn, really read into this. Like, do you really want a coach who goes that far out of his way to try to throw off investigations? I, this, this to me is my NCAA problem. If what is at the heart of this really is that he invited Aaron Kraft to a cookout, I, I don't, ca- I don't care that he then lied to investigators because I think the investigation is nonsense. I, I just, you can't get me to be mad about that. I'll never be mad about it, no matter how hard you try. I'll never be mad about any of this stuff. The idea that players shouldn't be able to take advantage of their skill set and be rewarded for it, you're just not going to get me to do. Well, yeah, but it creates a recruiting imbalance. Everything creates a recruiting imbalance. Everything. The University of Kentucky has a mansion for basketball players to live in where they don't like even have to be part of the general population of the school. That's a recruiting imbalance. They have something no one else has. And because of that, they're able to get certain kids. Also, the fact they're Kentucky, that helps, right? Like, they're Kentucky basketball and John Calipari's. I get it. It's not just this, you know, beautiful thing that they have. You're not going to get me to be mad about those things. And I'm not telling you that Bruce Pearl's my guy. I don't think he's, I think I've said before, I, that's, that's, he's not at the top of my list. He's not one of the, one of the top three. But if it ends up being Bruce Pearl, I'm not going to huh, clutch my pearls. I'm not going to lose my mind if Bruce Pearl is the next basketball coach at the University of Maryland because he's been at the center of an NCAA investigation. I won't. If they think that he's the guy that can come in and, and, and make Maryland basketball matter and make it so that we care about the games and make it so that people are actually remember that there was even a game that was being played last night, then hire Bruce Pearl. I, 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 got a problem. I got a problem that Bruce Pearl is considered the bad guy, meanwhile DJ Durkin's able to go get jobs. I guess Bruce Pearl has a job. Let's be fair about that, right? I'm not trying to... But, like, one of those two people is at least partially responsible for something really awful happening. The other one invited a kid to a cookout. I, I, I think within society, we got to be able to say, hey, I, you know, yeah, one of these really does matter, and one of them probably doesn't. And again, somebody would probably pull me aside and say, you, you know, you don't know the depths, the, the depravity of, of what Bruce Pearl was willing to do. And I, maybe, maybe that's the case. And I certainly don't like that he lied. I don't like it when anybody lies, but I got breaking news. Everybody lies. Everybody does it right up until they can't any longer, right up until, you know, they, they realize that it's, it's no longer an option for them to lie. So it's just not something I get all that worked up about. All right, uh, let's grab a break. We're hoping to chat with Ben Bender. Next, MLS number one overall pick, Calvert Hall and Maryland alum. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Use the code PRESSBOX, and when you deposit up to $100 for the first time, we'll match it. Again, up to $100. You can't bet on your phone or on your computer yet in the state of Maryland, not legally, but you can play Underdog Fantasy Football and feel like you're betting. It's not betting, like you can't go put money on a game tonight, 
but you can play player props and you can play parlays and you can feel like you're betting when you play Underdog Fantasy Football. Download the Underdog Fantasy Football app or go to underdogfantasy.com. This is Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Loop service center. Ask for Mobile One. It is a Thursday edition of the program. Um, Look, Paul... Uh, Paul from Orlando checks in. We were talking about the, the Camden Yards thing earlier. Regarding the reconfiguration of uh, left field and left center for Camden Yards, do you think the Orioles should try to think outside the box and do something part and do something part of the left field area seats, like put up a party zone, do something special with a new 12 foot wall, something to make it entertaining and unique? A lot of people have been talking about this, and it's part of um, the story that was written in the Baltimore Sun um, about 
the bigger picture situation for the stadium and for what's going on. That being that um, there's this idea that what the Orioles are specifically looking for is more areas for congregating. They're, they're looking for more areas for people to gather together. It's the belief is that the younger baseball fans want to have more sort of hangout areas at a ballpark than they necessarily want to have um, seats, right? Like that's a bigger thing to them to just have more places at a ballpark where they can get together, the party zones. Um, you've seen out in San Diego, there's that sort of hill area where you can hang out. They can do some music and put some maybe food trucks out there. That That's what a baseball fan is looking for. And we've seen how how popular the center field party area has been. Um, and so I, I get that, right? Like I get, well, that would probably be something that they'd be looking to do. That being said, I don't. It doesn't do anything for me personally. I'm probably not going to be this person ever again that wants to hang out. I, when I go to a baseball game, I typically want to go watch the baseball game, right? I'm not the guy that you see hanging out at the bar in center field, but that's just for me. So I would say, well, I don't know. I don't. If the Orioles ever get to the playoffs again, I want there to be more seats in the stadium, so I got a better chance of getting tickets, so I can go to the games. But I get it. Like they're probably right about this. They've done their research. It's almost a, a sure thing that this is what baseball fans are looking for: are these sort of areas to congregate. We good? Ben's there. Excellent. They're excited about this. Um, our next guest, of course, is a Calvert Hall alum, and then had a couple of really successful seasons at the University of Maryland. So much so that earlier this week, uh, the uh, the Charlotte franchise made him the number one overall pick. In the MLS draft, it's a pleasure to welcome into the show for the first time, Mr. Ben Bender, who's with us now here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn and Paul. Congratulations, man. I know it's a busy week for you. Thank you for squeezing in a couple of minutes for us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Ben, can, can you put into words, I know you had to make a decision and that information, I don't know how the process played out for you and when you actually made the decision, but it became public Take us through what the last few weeks have been like sort of leading up to this moment and becoming the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind. Um, it's been an up-and-down process. Uh, just after the season, I heard that I might be considered for um, a Generation Adidas contract, and so that means a team in the draft has to commit to you, and Charlotte was interested in me right after the season and I was talking a little bit with them and so I thought that I might end up being picked by them in the draft so this was about a month ago um, but then things turned and and I they went another way and and it looked like they weren't interested in me anymore hmm. but about a week and a half before the draft um, they reached out to me and said they'd change their minds and um yeah so it was it was it was an up and down process so i had I had a pretty good feeling they were going to pick me about a week ago um and so yeah i'm just so thankful for that opportunity um and and their belief in me so ben take me back like two two and a half weeks ago what what did you think was next for you at that point like in during this time frame i i was um getting ready to go back to maryland yeah um <clears throat> It was a tough decision because um, Sasha, Jake, and Miles have been so great. I have 
so many good friends on the team. Um, I still have unfinished business at Maryland, um, and that was something that I was trying to figure out whether I should stay because I wanted to win a championship there. Right. Um, and I know that we we would have another really good team next year. Um, but I just felt that it was the right time to go and to, to break into the pros and to try and start my career. What you just alluded to, Ben, is something that, I, like, it, do you almost feel like a burden of that type of expectation when you play soccer at Maryland? Like, if I if I go to Maryland and don't win a national championship, it you know, like it's somehow almost a, a I don't want to say failure, because that's not fair, right? But you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's a disappointment to play soccer at Maryland and not be on a national championship team because that's the expectation of the program, right? It's... Yeah, it. I'd I'd say it is a burden, uh, not not winning. We we were so close um, this year, winning the the Big Ten regular season, and and uh, we just came up short on a couple games that it, it cost us the the championship. And so, I mean, looking back on the season, it was it was a good season. Our record was really good, um, but I think next year those guys will. We'll figure out how to win, um, and yeah. So he is Ben Bender. He's I, with. I, yeah. Go ahead, Ben. I, I it it sucks because I just I wish I would have won, but I I think that we ha- did have a good season. No, there's no question. I don't want to make that very. There's no doubt that that's true. And by the way, it worked out pretty okay for you as well. <laughs> Of course, being the number one pick in the draft. Ben Bender is with us, Baltimore native, native Calvert Hall's own, um, and now he's headed down to Charlotte. Ben, you know, the, the other thing that we talk about when we talk about Maryland soccer is there, there's such uh, a history of six players having great success in the MLS with the national team. How much do you feel like you sort of carry the flag moving forward now, that you're that next guy that is going to achieve significant things and and be the next guy that kids look at and say I want to go to Maryland because I want to be like Ben Bender. Yeah, Maryland has a a really good history of uh bringing guys into the MLS and certain guys get to play for the national team which is really the pinnacle of what you want to do in in soccer. You want to um play for your national team. Some guys uh on the Canadian national team now, I know Dane St. Clair He's one of them, um, and then some other guys on the U.S. national team, yep. um, like Graham Zusi. Uh But yeah, I I, I want to be the next one to to go through the process. Um, I know it's going to take a lot of hard work, uh, day in and day out, um, and I just can't wait for to, to to get to Charlotte because I know that's the first step, yep. and I'm I don't want to get uh, my head looking. Um, too far into the future because I know that the most important thing is uh, going to Charlotte and playing well during preseason. Okay, I know that's true. Can, can I can I get you to indulge me a little bit on this? Right, like Ben, there's a chance that there could be a World Cup match in Baltimore. We're hoping to get some good news about that here in the coming months. Um, could, oh wow! Have have you? Have you even allowed yourself to dream about that possibility of of the 2026 World Cup being here, maybe being in your hometown? You know, like have you have you do you even allow yourself in like a, a fleeting moment to think about what that might be like? I've never dreamed of playing in a World Cup in my hometown, but I have envisioned myself playing 
in like the the Gold Cup or sure something like that, but not the World Cup. I mean, that would be Whew. that would be insane if, would be, if that happened. It would be like one of the greatest goosebumpy moments in the history of the yeah. sport, dude. Could For you sure. even imagine how? And I get it. I get it. You gotta. You, we gotta walk before we can run, right? Like you gotta. You gotta yeah. focus on Charlotte and what it is that you're doing down there, man. But holy crap, what a moment that would be. Um, and Ben, with that in mind, what what a big deal this is, and I and I certainly felt that you know I do the games for Loyola, and I'm plugged in in the Baltimore soccer community. Um, did did you get a feel for how much this meant to everyone in the Baltimore soccer community? Like I know your buddy Mike Lookingland, I was watching him on on social media. Like how significant this is for a community that has really been growing significantly and almost bursting at this point. Did you get a sense for how much this meant to everyone here, you going number one in the draft? Yeah, I'm, I got a great sense of, of how happy the Baltimore community is. I've, I've been so blessed to be coached by all these guys growing up. Um, just to name a couple, Barry Stitz, yeah. Mike looking one, coach Zinkand, um, my dad coached me for a while. Um, yeah, so there, there's just so many people that have reached out, and and I'm beyond blessed to have this opportunity to to carry the name of Baltimore um, wherever I go. No and doubt. I just want to represent it really well um, because I know that there's so much support in the Baltimore area. Um, there's so much talent, and I think that kids in the Baltimore area can do this too. Um, you just need to put put the work in and uh sometimes it works out for you Uh, it's a it's a great testament to what you can accomplish um just as you say just put the work in and kind of neat that you weren't the only mia guy to hear their name called this week too right yeah for sure the mia is one of the best uh high school leagues in the country i think um so i don't think it's a coincidence that uh two guys from the mia got drafted um, of course, Brett St. Martin being the other one who was drafted as well, and uh, and you guys, you guys have had a close relationship, right, over the years. Uh, well, I we played against one another. Okay. Uh, when I was at Calvert Hall, and he was at MSJ, um, and those were always tough games because they had a really good side. Right. Um, and we we weren't too close in. Uh, you, you're a couple school, years apart, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's two years older than me or a year older. Um, but yeah, we, we grew in our relationship, um, in college and, and it's been great, um, getting to know him. He's, uh, at first when you, when you get to know him, um, you wouldn't think that he's a funny guy, but he's, uh, he's one of the funniest guys on the team. So it's cool. It was, it was great. That's cool. Well, it's, it's a neat moment, obviously, for two local kids who both went to the same place and now both get to start their pro careers. It's a, it's a, that's a fun story for everybody back this way. Um, ben, for the folks yeah. down in Charlotte, you know, it's a newer franchise, right? And um, you're a number one pick in a draft. How, how ready are you for that sort of spotlight that comes along with this? That there are a lot of people that are, you know, now, hey, we're resting our hopes on Ben Bender moving forward. Yeah. Um. I've I've just been trying to get mentally prepared and physically prepared for this moment. Um, I know the the number one pick comes with a lot of hype, um, and realistically, I'm I'm young and I'm a, I'm a college player and I'm 
the the level of MLS is really really high, and so I'm not expecting to be the main guy or someone who plays 90 minutes every right, game. Right. But I am expecting to contribute to the team in a positive way um, to make an impact to try and get minutes in my first year. Um, I think that the the people down in Charlotte can um, can think of me as a reliable guy because I'm going to continue to work hard. Um, I have a lot of determination and perseverance. So any obstacle that comes in my way, I'm going to do my best to to um, to beat it and uh, to contribute to the team on the field. Ben Bender, uh, and how about this uh, this Calvert Hall moment right now? Right, you got uh, like Adrian Amos kicking ass in the NFL, and Kenji Bahar got a shot. We just had him on earlier in the week, and uh, Lawrence Cager in in football. It seems like there's like a, a real Calvert Hall moment happening right now, huh? Yeah, that that's cool. Um, also, uh, the the Calvert Hall soccer team just won the championship this. this that's past right. Fall, that's so right. Yeah. Back to back, so so some good soccer moments too. No doubt about it, man. It's it's a cool story. Uh, ben Bender, we're so happy for you, man. Uh, serious congratulations. I I want to plug. We always when we do this, we offer to plug social media. But I've been like poking around. Are you on social media at all, or have you managed to uh, like stay out of the cesspool? Yeah, I I actually have never had a Twitter or an Instagram. <sighs> good for you. Um, but one of my friends made like a fan page for me in high school. And then I think someone just made um, a Twitter and, and a new Instagram for me. So I don't really know how how I'm going to work those, but <laughs> they, those guys can keep posting for me, but I'm probably just going to try and stay off of it. Uh, bro, I am so jealous. I wish I could stay out of the cesspool that is <laughs> social media, man. It is a terrible place. Um, uh, Ben, we are so happy for you, man. What a cool story, um, for you, for your family, for everybody at Calvert Hall and at Maryland. Um, we're going to be rooting for you as, as you start your career down in Charlotte and my God, what it would mean if we get to 2026 and we're talking about you being a part of the national team and having, oh, ah, I, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, brother. It would be incredible. That would be amazing. Ben, congratulations. Serious congratulations. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Ben Bender, uh, great story, man. A Calvert Hall kid and uh, Maryland alum, now the number one overall pick in the MLS draft. That's uh, that's very cool. And um, that kid's a hell of a player and someone who probably will start being on the radar for some national team opportunities. And, you know, it's 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 quite the rise to try to get all the way to the national team and being on, like, a World Cup roster. But He's a talented kid, and and it's certainly a goal that that he should be trying to pursue for sure to to try to get there. Really nice kid, and it seemed it seemed like he, there's a little bit of brokenheartedness to him not being yeah able that to really out of Maryland. Well, I mean, I, and I do think it comes to like when you, I, I think when a basketball player goes to Duke, they go to Duke to win a national championship. Yeah. When a football player go, goes to Alabama, and of course, I don't know when the last time there was a football player that went to Alabama that didn't win a national championship during their time there. But, like, when you're an athlete that goes to a certain place, you go there to win national championships. Yeah. And Maryland soccer is is pretty close to that. Like, you go to Maryland to play soccer to win national championships mm-hmm. because that's what Sasha Sorovsky has built there um, is you come here, you win national championships, you get to go on, you get to have professional success, national team success. That's the type of program that exists 
at the University of Maryland, that's the level of expectation for the program at the University of Maryland. So I, I certainly understood like what he was feeling, which is, look, man, I, I'll go back and try to win a title. Like mm-hmm. I want to win a national championship, but got the opportunity to be the number yeah. one pick in mean, the you, draft. You right? don't like, have to go, but you kind of yeah, have to go. You take it number one overall. A hundred percent. My man John Little Rock uh, has been chiming in. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still getting used to, to both looking at Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube. There's just so much going on. Um, long time overdue on the outfield wall changes. My only complaint uh, there was that they built the, the wall too short in left field and left center. The other thing, too, about the height of the wall is – it's it's always to me been awkward like th- there is such the opportunity for there to be not a Jeffrey Mayer situation necessarily but we have seen a few of those over the years I'm hoping that there will be it, look there's still always going to be the possibility of something like that but it's maybe a little bit less likely with the 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 wall being you know both being pushed back and being raised there'll be a few uh, a few less of those over the years the, the Orioles outfield if you're looking at in left field you have Austin Hayes and in center field you have Cedric Mullins the fact that that wall is getting pushed back you're like yeah maybe Mount Castle doesn't hit 40 home runs he hits 30 but hits 40 doubles right but Mullins and Hayes can go get can go get them yeah they, and if the ball's going to stay cover, in the park sure. You have a lot more. Your pitching staff's going to get better because you well, have but, that outfield. But keep in mind, you're not always going to have Cedric Mullins, right? Like you're not always going to have that. Not always, but you're always. Yes, you like to think you're always going to have like a really to, athletic guy. In you'd like field. to hope. You'd like to hope that's yeah. the case, specifically in center field. No question about it. In left field, you know who knows? They they, you know, we we've seen some guys that have have been stuck out in left field over the years that would not be able to handle a lot of ground. Like, like, like Ryan Mountcastle. Like Ryan Mountcastle specifically. Specifically Ryan Mountcastle. Um, yeah, who had a, a strong arm, but definitely not someone with a, that was going to cover a lot of ground out in left field. Right. Um, uh, and then John also follows up about the, uh, the Bruce Pearl thing. He says, I'm not sure Maryland will offer enough for Bruce Pearl. What do you think is the true core amount of Terps fans? So many only are interested when they are winning or there are controversial things happening, the national perception of the Maryland fan base is negative. Um, I dis- I'm, a- I'm only going to push back a little bit about that. I don't think that's true. I think, in fact, it's, it's almost the opposite. The-, the sense that I get about the national perception of the Maryland fan base is that it's hardcore. It's that it exists, that if you come to Maryland, there is going to be a fan base that's real. Now, for certain people, and this is where I've I've talked about it over and over again, and this was what I thought the issue was related to Mark Turgeon, for certain people, that's not what they want. They want to know that there's a fan base that exists that will support them no matter what. And that's a Midwestern way of thinking. There are places in the Midwest where, you know, it's just aw shucks. Whatever's going on, we love you because you're the coach. And that's just not going to exist here. But there's a huge fan base that you can tap into, and they'll be there when you succeed. And any coach that wants this job is going to assume success. If you're coming here and saying, well, I need to know that my fan base is going to be here even if I'm losing, then you're not the guy that Maryland should be hiring because there shouldn't be any thought that you're going to be losing. That's the nature of the beast. So I I disagree a little bit with that. I, I do think that it's a it's a fan base that can be tough, that's not just going to show up and not just going to worship you because you have the title of coach, which is the way I personally think it should be. I think you have to earn that. Just a title alone does not make you untouchable or infallible or anything along those lines. 
you have to prove that you're someone that warrants admiration, that warrants um, that level of appreciation. And I think that nationally, most most people feel that way, that feel that someone um, would be coming to a place where they would have an ardent fan base behind them as long as they succeed. And I think that's just the reality of the circumstances. Uh, from Craig. Craig says, do me a favor. Just try giving him a call right now on that number and, and just see if you can't connect him uh, with him that way. Have quite the morning. It's been a weird morning as, as far as uh, things have gone. Uh, uh, do it. Um, do it. You can do it from the studio line. Just do it quickly before my phone uh, f- falls asleep. And then I got to uh, do it again because it's a... It's a you know when you hand somebody your phone and you got to do the thumbprint and you're like, you got to touch it, touch it, or it's gonna go away. Touch it, touch it. Somebody trying to show somebody a picture. I feel a little bit of that. So that number has been changed or disconnected. Ah, well, that's not ideal. All right, well, let's take a break now. Let's take a break. We'll see if, see what's going on there. Ken Zalis is still going to join us this hour. I know that's still happening. A lot going on. Busy day. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. Duffy'sGarageMD.com from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PRESSBOX at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is $100, MyBookie adds $100 so you can start with $200 to play with. If your first deposit is $1,000, MyBookie adds $1,000 so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host, Zach Goodman, to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, plus find archived shows under the radio tab at PressBoxOnline.com. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Bat Around. 
Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Bird, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. Window Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro-Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410-941-3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show, you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show is also brought to you by CCBC. I'm going to use these words, tuition-free. They are significant. File them away. They matter You need to hone your computer skills to boost your career, or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field, and it's all tuition-free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. Um, I remember this from two days ago. Glenn, I asked you this question two days ago. I'm going to ask it to you again. We're now four days out from the end of the season. At this point, do you feel confident the Ravens are not making significant coaching changes? Confident? I mean, I, I would, you're asking me to put it on a, a scale and a number. Um, I would say typically, typically, if you were going to do something like this, if you were firing a coach, you would have done it by now. That doesn't mean that Maybe the Ravens planned for a powwow. We've we've heard about these in past years where everybody goes up, all the people that matter go up to Steve Bishotti's place or he rents a place somewhere. I, I know there is a pandemic going on. And they all get together and they sit down and they come to a different decision spending time together. And that leads to them making some sort of decision about the future. But yes, I, I get what you're really asking Typically, when something like this is going to happen, it's happened by now. But that being said, um, you know, there are still worlds in which you don't want to fire a coach because you think there's a possibility that they could be in line to get an interview somewhere else. And, you know, you, you don't, that's a bad thing to do to somebody, it is to fire them when you think they have a chance to get another job. And so you're waiting to allow that to play out, to let jobs be filled, and then you make that decision. So I 
I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah, I think it's probably better than 50-50. That means there's not going to be a coordinator change in Baltimore. The fact that we've gotten this far out. But I wouldn't I, I'm not going to give you that I think it's a hundred or close to a hundred just because I still think there can be unique circumstances. We're also not used to the season ending this soon in Baltimore. Like in Baltimore, typically when the season ends, it's it's been a week or two later in the year and like we're already into the coaching search process and you already know if somebody was interested in hiring one of your guys, right? Like it just, you don't normally have a situation where the season ends for everybody and that includes the Ravens. So, you know, I, I you just got to calm down, allow it to play out. It's still at some point, John Harbaugh will talk. I'm certain that Eric Costa will talk. I don't know if Steve Bishotti will talk or not. Look, I, I know that's become a weird thing with a certain percentage of the fan base. Like, Steve Bishotti has an obligation to speak to the media. I would like for Steve Bishotti to go in front of the media. I also, admittedly, personally, I, my opinion has changed. It used to be that Steve Bishotti was the one guy who had no reason to lie, right? Like, he was the one guy that didn't have to prepare for an opponent he was the one guy that didn't have to... And so when he did that sort of State of the Ravens press conference, you could sort of take what he was saying as being gospel. And the year that he was asked about moving on from Joe Flacco and was quite adamant about how that wasn't a... The Ravens had bigger fish to fry. I wish I could remember exactly what the quote was. And then, of course, they turned around and drafted Lamar Jackson... It made me say, like, well, if Steve Bishotti's just going to play this game now, too, like, where, you know, he's just going to lie and not tell you anything, then then I don't really care. What, I, I don't need him to talk. The nice thing about the structure of the Baltimore Ravens is that Steve Bishotti's not the one making the football decisions. He lets the football people do that. And you could say, well, I think he should step in sometimes because you could say that all you want. I don't want Steve Bishotti to be Jerry Jones, and I never will. I'll never want that to be the case. So you can close that Zoom meeting, by the way. We're not going to – whatever happens, it's not going to be that. Um, I, what I would say is I, if Steve Bishotti wants to speak to the media, I want to speak to the media. And if something significant occurs, right, like if there's a situation like a Ray Rice situation, then I'm going to want the owner of the football team to speak to the media. If there's something significant going on within the organization, I want the owner of the football team to speak to the media. If you've got to make a head coaching hire, I want the owner of the football team who's making the hire to speak to the media. But what, what is Steve Bishotti going to say about the Ravens needing to figure out what their offensive line looks like next year? Why do you need Steve Bishotti holding a press conference to talk about whether or not they're going to pick up the fifth-year option on on Marquise Brown, which, by the way, I, I don't know why that's become such a thing. They're going to pick up the fifth. Why would you not pick up the fifth-year option on Marquise Brown? Like that's that's it's asinine to me. You want to talk about trading him? Trading him? I'll talk about trading him, but just not picking up the fifth-year option. He's a highly productive player, and it does not cost you an insane amount of money to pick up his fifth-year option. I get it. You've got more money that's going to be spent on players coming up, we all assume. But, for example, Lamar Jackson's deal is not likely to be structured to be top-heavy in the first two years. There's no world in which you're not picking up the fifth-year option, and you're particularly picking it up because if you are going to try trading him, 
you want to trade him to a team that knows they've got another year at a reasonable price for a productive player. It's crazy talking about not picking up the fifth-year option for Marquise Brown. Not signing him long-term, that to me is a conversation. That's a real conversation. And if you're not going to sign him long-term, do you try to trade him at some point? That Those are legitimate conversations to me. But not picking up the fifth-year option, I don't... I have no idea what that's all about. That's a that's a really bizarre conversation um, that's been thrown around recently. But yeah, as far as Eric, uh, as Steve Bishotti is concerned, I do I think he should talk at some point? I mean, it's nice. It's nice, I guess, for the fan base to know that your owner is at least in tune with the franchise. But if the franchise is well run, if the franchise has good leadership, I I think it's kind of nicer that you don't need to hear from the owner. I think it's a far better thing that the owner says, look, man, this has nothing to do with me. I write the checks. I make, you know, if if you got unique, you know, questions about things that, you know, I, I, I guess maybe if there was talk about, like, putting a sports book at the stadium, that would be the area where you'd want to be able to talk to Steve Bishotti. That's, that's his department. But for football-related questions... It's just not his area, man. That's not I don't and I don't need it to be. Personally, I don't need it to be. All right. Um so KZ is gonna join us here in a bit. And we will uh we will attempt to maybe do that. I check in with KZ, see if he can do a couple minutes early. I um, somehow don't have his number. Well that's interesting. What a weird day today has proven to be. This has been a strange day that was all lined up, all well and good, and even True story. We even moved Drew Forrester because we thought we had too much going on today. <laughs> this is a this is a straight shoot. We said to Forrester, "How about you do tomorrow instead?" Because we got a lot happening today and it's almost too much. And then, literally, the first two guests were late, and then the third guest didn't post at all. So it's just proven to be a a weird weird day. We are going to do picks for the weekend in the six playoff games, and we're going to talk a little uh, NFL draft. Um, Brian Powell wants me to mention that, uh, of course, Ben Bender was not the only uh, local uh, player with local ties who was drafted, and that's true. There are a number of players, um, soccer players, with local ties to the area, one of which was Matt Nesita, and I know that's one that matters a little bit more. Um, he is ultimately uh, going to be a New York Red Bull. Matt Nesita, defender from Navy, was selected in the first round of the MLS Super Draft. There were other players. Uh, Loyola's Justin Ingram was selected. Um, during the course of the draft. The MLS draft is a little bit different than, you know, the NBA or the NFL draft in that it ain't the best players in the world. You know, like the best players in the world aren't playing in MLS. They're they're playing in other leagues. So it's still significant. It still matters because MLS is a, is a legit entity and particularly for American soccer players, it's still rarer that you end up playing in Europe or end up playing, um, you know, overseas than it is or it's that you play in the MLS. So for American soccer players, it's still a really big deal. But keep in mind, it's just not, it ain't quite the same as being the number one pick in the NFL or the number one pick in the NBA or the number one pick even in the Major League Baseball draft. Um, it's a little bit of a different animal altogether to go number one in the MLS draft because, it, it, you're, as we were just talking about with Ben Bender, Ben Bender's number one pick, and we still don't know if he can make the national team, right? Like, just 
just keep that in mind. That's that's what you're talking about. But it doesn't mean it's not a big deal or that he's not a really good player. He's a really good player with a great opportunity in front of him um, as he heads down to Charlotte. From Derek. Derek says, sorry. Glenn, as far as the uh, moving the... Moving the wall thing is concerned. I think you make a great point, Ree. Why would they let this get out without there being more information? It almost came off in a weird way. Like, it wasn't supposed to be announced. It just ended up being an email that got sent out. Yeah, I don't read into that. You know, I used to make um, the the Ravens. He's good. Yeah. Well, whenever, uh, Go ahead. The Ravens, when they used to send out their tickets for the year, would sometimes put a, pic- a player's picture on the ticket and then it was like a legendary player, and you realize that was because that would be the weekend where they were going to put that player in the ring of honor. Like, they'd send out their tickets, and it would have whoever's picture on it. It would have Todd Heap's picture on the tickets. You'd be like, wow, it's weird. On, the last, on, the, on week three tickets had an active player's picture on them. They had... Jimmy Smith's picture on him, and then the week eight tickets had Todd Heap's picture. That's really strange, and you would do some deductive reasoning and say, I bet that's because that's the weekend Todd Heap's going into the Ring of Honor, so you could realize, hey, they, they kind of screwed up because they sent out the tickets and didn't put out an announcement that that was the weekend that that person was going to be going into the Ring of Honor. It's just sort of an odd thing that they would do. I don't think this was the case whatsoever. I think that, uh, to John's point a little bit earlier, the the work stoppage sort of allowed a natural place for them to do this. I, I don't think that there was an error that was made. I just do think it's weird. I think it's weird that this is something that fans have been this interested in and they haven't followed up by saying, here, here's a look at some of the art of what we have in mind for how left field is going to look moving forward. And I'm certainly willing, as I said earlier, to buy into the idea it's because they're still tinkering with what the seating area might look like and whether or not they do want to make this a congregating space within the stadium. And that might be the reason why they haven't put out any sort of artwork or, or pictures of, um, of what the new left field will look like at Camden Yards. All right, uh, we got a lot of things to do with our next guest. It's Ken Zalis, of course, who joins us on Thursdays. We're going to make our picks. We're going to, I guess, talk about a little bit fantasy-related for the playoffs. But more importantly, and I don't even know if we told him this, we're going to let him have the first draft conversation of the year with us because he is also our NFL draft analyst here at PressBox, and we'll be kicking off weekly draft conversations um, leading up to this year's NFL draft. KZ, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right, buddy. Everything's all good. I mean, it's it's a bummer that we're not talking about playoff football, but um, you know, it is what it is. We all watch the same games. We all know what happens. We did, and uh, but that's okay. We got we got we got the 14th pick now. So hey, that's true. That is correct, and hopefully that'll be significant. All right. Uh, I guess let's let's start there then, right? Let's make this. We'll 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 chat some draft here. Um, I'm telling you the first name, the first name that I'm really jumping out at and allowing myself to get excited about, and I'm not committing to this being the guy that I'm falling in love with, and as we talked about in nauseam, uh, it's weird because normally those guys were wide receivers over the years, but the first name that's jumping out at me is Jordan Davis from Georgia. I'm, I'm having some feelings about Jordan Davis from Georgia. Why should I should not be having feelings about him? 
Well, uh, look, I mean, I mean, when 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 you're seven feet tall and five hundred and eighty pounds, I mean, you know, you're Andre the Giant, right? Uh, and he's playing football. Um, why should why should that be a name? Um, because number one, he demands that you know who he is. Um, he's just a massive human being. Um, if you see, if you remember some of the uh, the pictures of DK Metcalf standing next to AJ Brown yeah. before that draft, yeah, this is the, imagine this versus they have. If you go look it up on on you know on on the Google machine and things like that, you can find him standing next to another defensive lineman for Georgia. And he looks like a six-year-old kid. The other kid, right, the other guy. Right. I mean, it's just—it's just you can't imagine how big this guy is. And as a run stuffer, I mean, the best—the best person I've seen lots of comps, but for me, it's Vince Wilfolk. It, it, you know, the that, guy, type that guy of, was okay. He was all right. That that type of immovable, run-stopping guy in the middle of the field. Now, having said all that, this guy has some conditioning issues, you know, and and this isn't, this isn't me saying because any guy that big has got to have conditioning issues, but he's not on the field all the time. Um, When teams run, uh, hurry up offenses, it really affects his play. Um, So there are some questions, but I mean, as a two down normal you know, run stopping guy. I mean, this is. I mean, he's got to. He's got to be. He's got to be there now. Whether that's your biggest need or not, I don't know. Um, you know, my my focus right now is on the offensive linemen uh, for the Ravens, uh, especially at fourteen. I think there are some guys like Charles Cross out of Mississippi State who could be there. The the kid uh, out of Ohio State, which I'll, you know, it's a French name, so yeah, I'll, I'll kill yeah. it. I'll, uh, petite free, maybe yeah. free. Um, I like the kid out of Northern Iowa, uh, Trevor Penning, um, a whole lot. Um, you know, and, and, and then there's, uh, you know, maybe in the second round, the, the six, eight kid, uh, Daniel Fillele out of, uh, Minnesota, um, that I'm focusing on. So, you know, I look at, I look at the Ravens and I'm like, I, I don't know what to make of Ronnie Stanley. I, I just don't. I, I, I know everybody, just like last year when everybody said, you know, we got hurt, and I kind of tongue-in-cheeked a little bit and said, I, I think he's done. Um, he came back too early from an injury. I, I don't – we never know exactly what this injury is, um, besides that it's his foot or ankle or something like that. I, I don't know if he's Ronnie Stanley ever again. Uh, I think they need two offensive tackles in this draft, and – how many times, if you're the Ravens, are you able to pick potentially the, a top ten guy that's on your board? I mean, when you when you think about quarterbacks, you know, I don't love the quarterback class, but there's three of them that are going to go in the first fifteen picks. You know, that makes the eleventh best player potentially at fourteen on your board being available. Um, it's tough to pass up. I'm in a weird place with the offensive line thing, dude, because. Uh, to me, this team can't, you know, they can't reach their goals if Ronnie Stanley can't be Ronnie Stanley again. Like, he's just, he takes up too much of your cap. It, you know, like, I, I can't I can't be planning around Ronnie Stanley not being there because if he's not there, I don't think you can overcome everything you need to overcome, right? And I, and I say that not to say that I think you're wrong or that offensive line isn't a priority, 
But I almost I have to operate around almost the idea that either Ronnie Stanley is going to be Ronnie Stanley again, or this kind of doesn't matter anyway. Um, now, if a tackle is the best player, right? Like by all means, go get it. Go get the tackle that's the best player. I also. I, I, it's been this weird like acceptance that I've seen from people that, that, and I talked about this last year with Bradley Bozeman. Like, I get it, I get this. Patrick McCary worked at right tackle. Like, he wasn't passable, he wasn't acceptable. Patrick McCary was a high level right tackle in the NFL this season. I, why all of a sudden we're saying, well, that's just going to be your answer at center? I, I, I don't get that. I just, I don't understand that thought process to just say. Well, Patrick McCary is going to be your center next year. Like, hey, if if Jawan James is is back and is good, like I I don't know. I mean, I I guess I can listen to that. But Patrick McCary was a high level right tackle in the NFL this season. My plan is for Patrick McCary to be my right tackle next year. And 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 I'm not saying that you're wrong with that. I mean, that's the plan. But you know, those what, what's the saying? Those that plan fail to plan. Prepared. I don't. I know hear you. Is, but, I hear you. But I, I, I just, I, I think, I think they, they did that last. Year. We saw, we saw them overestimate what they had as far as depth goes on the offensive line last year. Okay, you know because we all we all go back and we say, okay, the villain, the wave of signing is fine if that's not the answer well it turned out that they thought that was the answer they were wrong and it was drastically bad from the get-go and the fact that they found the McCary that he could be potentially the right tackle going forward it is fine it's fine they paid him some money so he didn't go anywhere Great. I thought he should. Guys that can play three offensive line positions, you should have them on your football team. Just because he was good doesn't mean he's the best option there. And and I don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Bozeman. Um, I'm hoping you know how I feel. I've always felt about Bradley Bozeman. He was the best center coming out of college. I thought it was great when they drafted him, and I thought it was absolutely insane that they moved him to, to guard, where he actually played really, really well. But then he lost two years of being a really good center. Um, and they tried other things at center that, that never really worked. Um, I don't know where it is, but I just know that two things have to happen. You have to have a healthy running back room again, and you have to have an offensive line that can not only run block for those uh, running backs, but they have to protect Lamar Jackson better. Uh, it just uh, as good as Lamar Jackson is, and as as much fun as we all have I, I, of him making plays out of nothing, I, he was running for his life on every single I, play. I completely understand what you're saying, and and I'm not I, inherently. I don't disagree. I just I I think the way this 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 the cap has been structured, the roster that you put together, either that's going to be from Ronnie Stanley or. You're just gonna be screwed, right? Like, and it's not to me. Again, I guess. It's, I it's, guess. It's, I mean, they have a lot of money. They, they, you know, they, they, they have somewhere in the in the in the realm of twenty seven uh, million, which you know it comes into about ha- middle of the pack. And I think it's a no brainer to open up about fifteen million by cutting a couple of people um, that they need to cut, and and they can always bring them back on lesser contracts, but. Uh, Villanueva, there's right. no way Villanueva's that I'm, have, yes, he's I'm having him play at at that price. Right. Tavon Young, I'm not having him play at that price. Uh, Miles Boykin, 
Um, special teams is overrated. Uh, when you're part of the Baltimore Ravens, there's no way he's playing on my team at that price for a special teams ace. Um, so things like that. Uh, I just think, you know, you could, I just named three guys that you open up 13 well, I, more, I think 13, gonna, 14 I think more million. they're going to try to get some money back from Marcus Peters. They're going to try to restructure something there in order to of make course, that work. Of course, of course. They're going to do, you know. do those things. I mean, I, I think, look, when we talk about drafting the Ravens, first round they're going to take best player available and i think they should uh, if that guy is is davis um hey great um you know that's not like it's not a need uh you know brandon williams isn't going to play forever um you know we don't know what calais campbell is going to do um they need to add cornerbacks i think we've proven that over over this last year i, I get you know if peters and, and and humphrey are back healthy and part of this team next year, you still need another corner or two. Um, <clears throat> so I think you can go in that direction as well. So, uh, but I think I think defensive tackle, defensive tackle, offensive lineman, or cornerback. I'd be surprised. Cornerback slash slash safety. I'd be surprised if the first round pick wasn't one of those three positions. Is there an edge rusher that you love there? No. Okay. All and right. that's that's that that's that's the the whole thing here. I, I'm going to do some more deep diving in, into some edge rushers and, and things like that, but I don't love this class of edge rusher. Okay. I, I think it's very top-heavy, and I think there's a bunch of developmental guys later in the draft that <laughs> we could talk about that may fit what the Ravens do. My problem with the Ravens and edge rushers, as you always know, that they take so long to develop. They take three years to develop edge rushers because they want them to do so many things outside of just going after the quarterback. So, so I mean, you love Hutchinson. You love Thibodeau. After that, eh, I'm not thrilled. Okay. All right. And I, I, I don't know that there's one that I love either. But, again, I'm, I'm still at the very infancy of the work that I'm going to do about this. So. As am I yeah. for, for, for where I am. Yeah. You know, in my process, I usually wait until after a national championship <coughs> to really start to do things because, hey, guess what? The top wide receiver just got hurt in a national championship. That's a fact. Sucks. That's a and, fact. And it, and, it, and it absolutely sucks, but I can't have him as a top 15 player on my board anymore. Yeah, but Chris Olave has always been my guy. He was always going to be my guy. I'm just I, so, I get it. I'm he so would have been a top three guy coming out last yeah. year, and he probably, you know, whatever advice he got was bad advice. Yeah. But, you know he's going to be a really good player, oh. um, and I I love his route running um, and things like that. But he wasn't going to be the top wide receiver, one of the top wide receivers I, in this year's draft. I he's, I mean, he's, he's going to be a top ten he's, he's just wide receiver in this year's draft. Yeah. He wasn't going to be one or two anymore. Right, I hear you. I hear you. All right, KZ, before we do our picks for the week, um, I know you're still doing some fantasy-related content for people that are maybe playing, say, underdog fantasy football this weekend, and and looking for. Um, some players looking for some guys that can help them out. You still got some advice that you're offering for them? I do. I, I, I put together uh, my rankings for this week. I don't do – you'll see lots of people do playoff rankings for the entire playoffs. I don't do that. I don't know who's playing next week. So I, I, I'm i not wasting my time in telling you that you know Joe Burrow is the top-ranked quarterback because I think he's going to play three games. I don't know if he's going to play three games. I know he's going to play this week, and I like him a whole lot this week. So I do the rankings for this week. Um, one of the cool things about Underdog, um, this week, if you go into it, there's a, they're running a, a special. They're giving you a free pick, okay? Okay. 
So if you go on the underdog and you haven't signed up yet and you sign up for the first time and you enter the code PRESSBOX and you deposit up to $100, you're going to get matched dollar for dollar up to $100. Right. But here's the best thing. You can do the – I do a lot of these over-unders, which are like player props. So they have a player prop this week on A.J. Brown. You have to decide – whether A.J. Brown is going to go over or under one receiving yard this week. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could do two props uh-huh. this week, uh-huh. okay? Uh-huh. And if you use the A.J. Brown one, they are limiting it. You can only bet up in, you can only bet up to $25. Well, I still probably bet $25. But, <laughs> but, but let me bet $25. Now, if I only get one other right, and let's say I do the A.J. Brown one with one other one other bet, I can triple my money. Oh. Okay? If oh. I do, if I get two right, if I say, you know what, Glenn, there are two I really feel confident about. Yeah. I get six times my money, and I already know I'm getting one for free. Oh. So I gotta get two right Put a $25 bet in, and I could win $150 this weekend. Oh, I If like you haven't this. signed up for Underdog Fantasy, this is worth it right here. Just look at all the – go on there, look at all the props and say, is there one that I like? And would I like to turn $25 into $75 by getting one right? Because A.J. Brown's going to go over <laughs> – one pass, one receiving yard. How about that? So uh, I just think if you haven't done it yet, I mean, they're they're, beg- they're begging you to take their money this week. All right. All right. Go do that right now. I had no idea that was the thing. I got to figure out which prop I like the most. I got to figure yeah, out which go. one I'm pairing it with uh, as I play underdog this weekend myself. All right, let's make our picks for the week. Picks are brought to you this week by Glory Days Grill. They got the seasonal menu available at Glory Days Grill. It includes the Comfort Food Classics, um, like the house-made meatloaf, the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the smoky thigh wings, the Alabama barbecue sauce, the short rib grilled cheese, all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Get your order in right now at glorydaysgrill.com. So here's where we are for picks. Um, KZ badly needed uh, the championship game to go the right way or else he was going to be in danger of falling out of the uh, race for the top spot. But it did indeed go the way that he needed it to go. And so because of that, he's still within uh, shouting distance, is I think the way that I would describe it, as he is back within four games of the top. I'm at the top. Kyle's three games back. John Proctor also had Georgia on Monday night. So John Proctor has now separated himself. Like, I believe the number is 10 games clear of Andrew Stecka. There is basically no race at all. We only have 13 left, right? I mean, like, it's so mathematically it's not impossible that they pick every game a different way, but let's be honest, it's over at the bottom of the table. Andrew Stecka is coming in here, and he's getting his back waxed, and he's got to sing Hero and eat a tarantula. And he's got to fly across the country to do it, which is just the ultimate indignity. He has to fly across the country in order to do these things. So that's going to happen. Um, at the top of the table, still a little bit of a chance, uh, if you guys can pluck one or two this weekend, to still have some life going into the final weekends of the playoffs. Six playoff games, that's what we're picking this weekend. Where are we starting? What is first? Your first game, you have the lo- 
Easy over there. We've really got to clean this up somehow. This always happens. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know why it always happens. It comes out of nowhere. Got to do it better. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday at 430 on NBC. Cincinnati is favored by four and a half. I mean, we just had the Raiders conversation last week. It's so inexplicable. It's you. I don't know how the Raiders are here, but yet they are. Now, we all kind of fell in love with Cincinnati because they scored a ton of points and all that, but four and a half is a number, man. Like, it's a real in, – in a, in a situation where they clearly – they do not care how many points they win by. It's the playoffs. You just need to win. I still can't do it. Bengals. Bengals. So my my whole thing this week was I was trying to pick opposite of you. Right, of course, because that's okay. You know, yeah, because I'm in no danger of losing this. Of course. So I could only go for a top, and I honestly thought after last week because we did have this conversation, mm-hmm. and because the number was four and a half, I'm like. There's no way Glenn is trusted the Bengals. I was twenty. Like he's not. By the way, I was twenty seconds away from you being right. Like I'm, I, okay. as I, I did not make okay. my decision until the words came out of my mouth. Okay, so I'm like, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, and, and, and as I'm picking the games, and I'm like, I'm like, Glenn's taking the four and a half. I was like, this is what he's done all year. And then you just switched on me and took the Bengals, and I went with the Bengals as well. Oh, I just, that's a real bummer. I, for you. I, I get, I get that Vegas. Vegas is a nice story. It really is. I mean. Uh, uh, we don't know how they're there, but what they uh, let, let take out the 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 whole you know nobody believes in them. What they've done to get into the playoffs with all the adversity they've gone through is really miraculous. And I know this guy that that coaches them has never been a head coach at any point. I don't know how you don't give him the job. Oh, oh he's going to have to get the job, right? I mean, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't. It, know. It, it can be a short term deal. It can be like a two. year It can be deal, a two year right. deal. It can be whatever. You know, or a three-year deal because it probably wouldn't take a two-year deal because you you don't right. like the whole the whole thing like well, that. Well, I mean, if you've got options, right? If you right. have options, but I'm just like, like this is a like we talk about coach of the year and stuff. This guy's name doesn't come up enough. I agree. I agree. I mean, it's 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 remarkable. Rich Bacasia, Basak. I can't even remember. That's a Basakia or something like that. But I mean, Basakia. I mean, no, yeah, Basakia. It's just, probably uh, Basakia because you know, Basak- yeah, yeah, but um. But I, I, I'm not going to go against uh, Cincinnati right now. Um, you know, they, look, we don't like them because they're in a division, but let's call it what it is. I mean, they were the best team in the division this year, and it was a down division. But offensively, they're tough to match up because they got three really good wide receivers. They have a dynamite running back, and their defense isn't as bad as it's been in the past. So I, I, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Andrew Stecka also joined you both on the. Oh, Cincinnati that's not train. good news. That is not good news. That's for not us. good. That is not. All right, your next game meeting for the third time this season: the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills at eight fifteen on CBS. Uh, Buffalo at home, favored by four. Oh, I hate this. I hate this so much. Um, obviously, Buffalo looked great the last time they played New England. The first time. We, we read nothing from that game because it was played in such extraordinary circumstances. Although, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be. I know it's supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be really cold, I know but no sp- wind. Okay. Seven mile an hour wind. It's still Bill Belichick in the playoffs, though. 
Uh, four points is enough. I'll take New England. God damn it. Ah. You know, you're really pissing me off here. <laughs> <laughs> you're just pissing me off. Because I, I, I swear to you, Glenn, I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I'm like, I'm going opposite every time. I said there may be one game I was like, I feel I'm pretty confident that he's going to go in this direction. And I'm like, it's only four. I was like, Buffalo blew him out last time. I, I'm, I, it, it, and it's the same reasoning. It's Bill Belichick. It's the playoffs. It's four points. It's over a field goal. Give me the points. All right. Stecka joins you two again. No! Oh, my God. No! Kyle's going to be in the lead. I'm going to blow this <laughs> just on this weekend. Kyle is going to be in the lead when the weekend is over. All right, our third matchup on Sunday at 1 p.m. on Fox. You have the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were beat up, but they did just sign John Brown to their practice squad. Ah, they got that going for them. Um, Tampa Bay at home favored by 8.5. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think I can take anybody at 8. And a, I, I, we'll deal with this another game. I just don't think I can take anybody at 8.5 in the playoffs. I get it. I, I think it's Tampa that we're talking about. I understand, but Philadelphia is the pick. Yeah, this was the one I, w- I was really certain that you were going to pick because um, eight and a half is, is uh, it's just a tremendous number. Um, especially with a team that is, that is this beat up like Tampa Bay is. I, 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 I couldn't do it any other way. And I had to take Philly. It's uh you two alone. This time on Philly. Kyle is going to – I'm going to be down by three. Oh, my God. But I'm not making like, any headway whatsoever. Yeah, it's, bad, it's bad news for you. I don't, bad news I'm for not, you. I'm not doing anything. Great news for Kyle. Really, really good news for Kyle, the way that these picks have gone. All right, your next matchup, you have the San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys at 430. On Sunday, Dallas favored by three. This one's really tough, man. This one's really tough because, like, San Francisco looked tremendous the last time you saw them. You know, Dallas obviously scored a ton of points, but they were doing it against an Eagles team that wasn't trying, and the last time that they played a team that tried, they lost. Um, still, Dallas at home. I Give me Dallas. Three's, three's such a small number. Give me Dallas. So this is exactly how my, came, how my thinking came down with this. I said – Three is such a small number. He's taking Dallas. Give me the 49ers. I like the way they play. I I like the way they play defense. I like that they can run the ball. And if in order to beat Dallas, you have to be able to run the ball and slow down those pass rushers. So give me the 49ers. KZ and KO on San Francisco. Kyle and I have picked every game. Every Every game opposite. Opposite so far. Yeah. Every game. Every game. Okay. Next. Next, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. That's on Sunday night on NBC at 8.15. Kansas City by a whopping 12 and a half. Can't do it. I, I get that you all think Pittsburgh stinks. I understand that, and I get that it's Kansas City that we're talking about. But Kansas City just barely beat a mid-Broncos team. Like, mid. They had nothing to play for when they were trying because they still thought they could get the number one seed. They needed a miracle to beat that team. Um, I, I, I can't give you the roadmap, and I know that the last time they played, it was an ass kicking, but it's the playoffs that we're talking about. I'm just not assuming a multi touchdown victory. Give me the the Steelers and the twelve and a half. One thing that Glenn has been saying all year, and he's he's in in for a while it was true, maybe the first eight weeks, is that Kansas City they did never not covers. covered. Right? They did not cover. 
Okay. But they've been covering more often the last half of the year. And I, look, I, Pittsburgh stinks. I, they just do. They can't. He can't, Ben can't throw. He can't throw the ball downfield. He does nothing to pressure a defense. Um, I, I, I don't. It, it could have been fourteen and a half, and I probably still would have done it. Uh, give me Kansas City. All right, Glenn and Stecka, the only one. My on God, Pittsburgh. we're gonna pick every game differently. Every now. game opposite. That's great. There is a real chance that he takes a three-game lead on me when this weekend is over. Well. For your final game, the first playoff game ever on Monday Night Football on the ESPN family of networks. At 8.15, you have the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are favored by three and a half. This really tests me because, you know, I've been saying for the last couple weeks, whatever it is that you think the Cardinals are going to do, pick the opposite, right? And so the first thing you would say about this game is you would say, there's just no way. The, The Rams have been a better team of late than the Cardinals have been. The Cardinals stumble to the finish line. There's just no way. Three and a half is not nearly a big enough number. But then you should say, hey, but if that's what you expect them to do, pick the opposite. Pick Arizona to cover. I just can't do it. Give me the Rams. Damn you. Um, this is, you know, we've been doing this together a while. I I, I, I should just start saying what you're going to say. Right. Um because you just made this selection off the top of your head, too. Um, because there's no way you trust the Rams. No, um, not at all. Not a chance. The problem for me with this is is that Arizona, Arizona has, has just not looked like that offensive juggernaut that they were without Hopkins for what, you know, and I know Hopkins wasn't setting the world on fire, but they, they don't have that guy now. And it, it it's really affecting what they do. Murray hasn't been great. Um, but the Rams second there, I mean, they just signed Eric Weddle. Yep. That's a fact. This is where we are. Like, they signed a 39-year-old guy that hasn't played football in at least a year and a half, maybe longer, because they have no safeties left. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm going to take L.A. I, I still think that defense and the way uh, Arizona has looked, I, I think the defense is enough, and it's not a big enough number for me. Proctor, the only other one to take the Rams. Oh so. my God! We picked all you picked six them games. All, the, all opposite. Six for six. We picked the games in different ways. Yep. Six for six. Wow. I'm turn this thing on its head. Panicked about this. Maybe I'm genuinely head, panicked. Like it's not likely that I go over six, but it's possible that I go over six. Like it's you know it's a you know what it's going to be. We're going to be in the same place exactly. Probably. Well, that would be great news for me because at that point there yeah, will only be seven games left in the season. I'm or t- even if you drop I'm, one game, I I'm mean. completely fine with a three and three week this week. That would be wonderful news for me if I could go three and three this week. I um, mean, after this, there's only seven weeks, uh, seven games to pick. Correct, right. correct. There's seven games left the rest of the way. And again, right. we've always had the rule that if you're within one game going to the Super Bowl, you have the right, option. Right, right, right. You have the option of taking whoever the other person. Or did we change that last year? So like, I don't remember. We did no, something last different. year because it was you and I last year. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the option. We we froze them. But what we did is we did um, over under as the tiebreaker. Right, we did that. Okay, all right, all right. Well, I'm good. I'm good if that's what we do again. Although I guess it. 
I guess the idea is that you don't want the pick segment to end with the with the two you know the two people picking the. I think the idea is you want there to be drama going in for the sake of the game. Well, there was, but we had to lock them in, and what we did, we locked them in, and we played a fun game for a week, which was highly entertaining. Right, where we were, um, yeah, that's true. We were going back and forth. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. it was highly entertaining for all. Um, but no, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, it was, right. I think right. you have to lock them in. You can't. I, I don't right. like the option. Oh, I'm just all gonna. Right. Tell me, tell me what you really do, what you really feel. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. But it does run the risk of somebody's down by one, of the game just ending in that moment, right? Like well, that's in, okay. In that moment, it, it, that's part of the game. All right. <laughs> uh, at fans fantasy on Twitter, of course, is how you find him, and he's got some more fantasy stuff available at pressboxonline.com. And then, when does the draft stuff start showing up? Um, uh, the, almost the, the day after the Super Bowl. Um, we're we're putting together some stuff. There are some. There's some, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been doing a little bit of like mock drafts and stuff just for the Ravens, um, to get some people to learn some names before I get into it. But we'll, we'll, we'll send out the day after the Super Bowl my rankings, the top 10 at each position, and then we'll go onward and upward. All right. Well, then we'll probably talk uh, about that then. But we still have some more pick segments to do before then. Uh, at, yep. uh, KZ, appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right. Okay, thanks, guys. Ken Zalas joins us uh, every week, and, uh, of course, we'll be doing uh, draft stuff for us as well throughout the spring here at PressBox uh, and PressBoxOnline.com. Speaking of which, if you haven't picked up the best-of issue of PressBox, it's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or you can read it all. PressBoxOnline.com slash bestof. Justin Tucker on the cover, celebrated as our MoGabba Sports Person of the Year Go pick it up today. Um, Andrew Stecka says, like, shouldn't we have been able to see pictures? Um, oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. That John, Sorry, John from Little Rock says, isn't A.J. Brown on a bye this weekend? He is. So I actually need to figure out what KZ was saying. I just realized that. that whole That's a great point. That whole setup. I totally missed that. Thank you, John. I utterly missed that. A.J. Brown is definitely not playing this weekend. They are the number one seed. So maybe that's why it's the obvious pick, because he's going. he will get under one yard. Right, he's so not you playing. have to pick that. That's their free one. Got it. Got it. That's what makes it obvious. That Make right. sure KZ knows that, though, because he's going to place the bet on A.J. No, Brown to go no, over, he no. said. Hang on a second. It might be that it's like the, the bet is really for his first game or something like that. I just got to make sure we know. We, we, I gotta so you got to wait two weeks? I've waited longer. For be- you put in a futures bet, you might wait for months. Okay. I mean, I've definitely waited longer on bets. I am not the gambling extraordinaire, so I don't know about futures bets and whatnot. Well, if you um, if you make a bet right now on the Orioles to win the World Series yeah. in 2022, when would that pay off? <laughs> I mean, Never. Well, yeah. I mean, I hear you, but like you, you still couldn't collect if you bet right. if you some, until November. If you bet they're not going to win the World Series in 2022, you still wouldn't be able to collect that until the end of the baseball season. Right. It would be a, a significantly long bet. I made futures bets last year for the for Novak Djokovic to win the U.S. Open, which I of course did not cash in. Um, like in in June or something like that, just because the further out you are, the better odds you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's still like the possibility of him not even playing, so I'm like, man, I'll just go ahead and lay this bet right now. Uh, did not did not pay off for me. That was a foolish bet to make. 
But um, yeah, you could bet longer than that. I just don't know all the details, but we, I, I'll try my best to get an answer on that with AJ Brown. Stecka says, you know, isn't isn't left field just visible from Utah Street? So shouldn't somebody be able to walk out and get a picture? I I just don't know. What's the deal? So somebody posted a picture while we were doing the the segment with with Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's from like I guess like the Sheraton or something where you can see them doing construction in left field. And so my point, Andrew, is less about like what it looks like right now and more about like a rendering. Right. More, presumably they didn't start doing this having not like drawn out what they think it's supposed to look like so it would be less wanting to see a live picture of it or like have a live although people do love live cameras man a b- they a bunch love of dirt tarps and those big cat yeah it, it would be less that i would want to see that and more that i would just want to see what they're envisioning um for for how it's going to look right like that's all that's that's more what i'm talking about than actually seeing today what what it looks like with people working on the wall in left field is is tell me what your vision is for left field when you make this announcement let's see that and we can react to that um if they're trying to do like a big reveal like it's only for people that show up on opening day they'll be the only ones who get to know like i i don't think that's going to change the mind of someone <laughs> as to whether or not they're going to big sh- is that tarp yeah right like it's a very <laughs> weird it's just it's just very weird it's very 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 weird all right, uh, winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Today's show has all, hey, Stecka, important that oh, so Stecka sent me this picture. Oh, this is a much better. Somebody got inside the stadium picture of what? But that again, like that's that's the picture that he sent me. Them taking the seats out. It still doesn't show me what it's going to. We want to know what it's going to look like when it's done. Somebody did a rendering. Some architect I, I did a saw rendering a, yesterday. But that's not from the Orioles. It's right. just sort of a guess, right? Like, this is what I think it could look like. Mm-hmm. I I just, the Orioles clearly had to know. They had to draw, here's what we think it should look like when it's done. That would be, when you announce it, I would share that as well. I, I just don't know why that wouldn't be out there. That's That's the weird part about it to me. All right. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, at Live Casino and Hotel. It's uh, it's now open, the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's awesome. It's a cool place to hang out, watch all the games, and, of course, bet on all of the games while you're sitting in that best seat in the house. If you haven't been in the FanDuel Sportsbook, they have so many different options for you for hanging out, watching games, and putting in bets. You could sit up at the bar, right, or down at the lower bar. You could go over to the bowling alley. They got a little bowling alley right there in the sportsbook. They got other games, skee-ball, things along those lines. You could just hang out, play some games. The the casino area is still right outside. Like, it's not separated in any way. You can see all of the screens and be playing casino games. You could do that or, or whatever it is that you want to do. Plus, they've got massage chairs. If you're just planning on making a day of it, right, and going and hanging out, eating food, drinking, and watching games and making sports bets, you could get in the reclining chairs. they got little VIP areas that you can reserve for big games. Or you can, they got just regular tables as well. Like, they have so many options. It's such a cool place to hang out at the all new FanDuel Sportsbook. I'm going back down next Wednesday um, because we're, we're putting these plans together for a hangout event that we're going to do um, at, in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And I, I literally, my, my plan is to say, if I'm coming here, I want to sit here, here. And I think the plan is for me to, like, for, for me and Rita to go there and, like, hang out for the day and watch football. Right, I think that's the idea of what we're gonna do. We want everybody to come down, hang out with us. You said on Wednesday? No, no, no. I'm going down there on Wednesday to like oh. to to plot it. Like gotcha. we're gonna scheme what it is that we're doing, 
And then for one of the football days, for one of the, the Sundays or Saturdays coming up, we're maybe it's champion. I don't know. I don't know exactly which day it's going to be, but we want to have everybody come down and hang out with us. So um, I'm excited about it, man. It's such a cool place, and the food is great. And I, I don't really drink anymore, right? I think people, I, it, other than the day that I drank in here with Jeremy, I am not much of a drinker any longer. And now we know why. Um, they have my god what was it oh my god it's already blown my mind what it was it was like an agave uh, soda water thing it was the greatest thing I've ever tasted in my life they were like um, I ordered one it was a six dollar water it was a six dollar water I ordered one and they came back and they were like oh did you enjoy that I said yes I'd like another they're like well it's it's not free refills I said I don't care I'll pay 16 for the next one it's that good it's that good man uh the menu's awesome just a great place the FanDuel Sportsbook and again you got all the self-service kiosks for you to do your betting at a live casino and hotel in Hanover all right fitting that we've been talking a little bit about baseball today and the two sides are meeting today which I don't expect to do anything but um John yesterday John Lester announced his retirement after 16 seasons I did see that Uh, Um, um, a more significant retirement today show some respect Pretty big news in baseball today. You just missed it? I did. Travis Snyder's retiring. Oh, the guy Show who had like respect. nine RBIs his first yeah, seven games man. in the Orioles and then like three after that? God, a legend retiring from the game of baseball today. Show some respect for Travis Snyder. Oh, Travis Snyder, RIP. Um, He's not dead. <laughs> his playing career. Jesus. It's not great. <laughs> Man's not dead. He's just retiring from <laughs> his, the game of His baseball. career is dead, but that's we'll dead And we'll always have the memory. Mem- Anyway, <laughs> so after 16 seasons, John Lester has retired. He ended his career having won 10-plus games 11 times, including eight 15-plus win seasons, leaving him with 200 wins since his debut in, t- in 2006, ranking third in the majors over that, s- over that time span. Since 2006, seven pitchers have won at least 180 games, including Lester. Who were the other six? Since 2006, you said? Mm-hmm. And it's six other pitchers. Six other pitchers. Verlander. Justin Verlander, number one with 226. Uh, Granky. Granky, number two with 206. Um, uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. You're getting these in order. Number four with 190. Well, that's not in order. Well, because Lester's number three. Oh, got it. Got it. Um, uh, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, number five, with 185. This is unprecedented. That's the last one that I was confident in. Um, since 2006, mm-hmm. Felix Hernandez. No. Man, you were on a roll. I was. I was doing really well. But I did, that was a la- I said that was the last one yeah. I was confident in. David Price. No. Oh, man, 2006. So I think it's fair to say uh-huh. it doesn't have to be an active pitcher. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm okay. Get, I, you know, I'm Felix Hernandez, is Felix Hernandez active? No. I was going to say, is he on a team that I don't know that, about? Yeah, that's a good point. Good, <laughs> point. good point. Good point. Okay. He uh, was last year for a moment. Well, for but he wasn't on the team, was no, he? he was, was he, did, he, did he end up signing somewhere? Did he end up pitching in the major leagues? I count that as active because he made the attempt. No, that's not active. you gotta be. you got to be on a team to be active. Uh, 
CC Sabathia still. CC Sabathia, number seven with 182. You have one left. Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, number six, 180. I mean, it helps that these are fairly obvious names, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it helps there wasn't a weird one in there. Like, somehow, you're not going to believe this, but Bartolo Colon won. You know, like, it helps there wasn't a really goofy one that sort right. of slipped into the list. He still did a great job. I was, that was impressive. You got the first I did pretty well with that. I did. Yeah, you got I the did, first I did five in a well row. Yeah, and I was pretty happy about that. All right, very good. Tubular is brought to you today. By ooh, I owe this one to Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Here's what's coming up tonight. Loyola Navy hoops are in action, and they're both near the top of the Patriot League. Navy's on top of the Patriot League. Loyola's just a game back. They're both on ESPN+. Plus. Loyola hosting Lafayette at 7. Navy's got Colgate at 7 as well. Big Ten hoops tonight. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin at 7 on ESPN2. Everything else college basketball-wise you can find at glennclarkradio.com. ESPN's got Flyers Bruins. They're showing a hockey game on ESPN, the place that's got hockey. Wild. Uh, Flyers Bruins, 7 o'clock on ESPN tonight. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Blue, Jack- Blue Jackets, Hurricanes at 7. TNT for Warriors Bucks at 7.30. The Warriors lost to the Grizzlies the other night. Man, the Grizzlies have won 10 in a row. The Grizzlies wow. are a thing. Santi Aldama, man. That's the reason. That's the singular reason. Trailblazers Nuggets at 10 on TNT as well. Golf Channel for round one of the PGA Sony Open at 7. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights? I'm not sure that you care about too much of the I, Thursday night In the night world? Nope, I don't care about anything in the world Nothing at all. Nothing in the do world. Do not care. Thursday night programming specifically. Um, you do have Jersey Shore Family Vacation I do care about M- that. On MTV. You, know you have uh, Willem Dafoe, Ariana DeBose. DeBose, is that how? DeBose? She's the one that's hosting Saturday Night Live. The one that you didn't know. Pretty sure it's DeBose. Um, And the Lumineers are going to be on the the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Well, I like Willem Dafoe a great deal. And, of course, was tremendous in the new Spider-Man. Peter Dinklage is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live. By the way, if that's a spoiler at this point, go F yourself. The movie's been out for a month. Go go screw. Fair enough. (laughs) Go screw. Yeah. Um, On Netflix, you have a... um, Brazen, the Netflix film chosen, the Netflix series, the journalist, a series, and photocopier, a film. On HBO Max... Peacemaker, the John Cena show, is premiering uh, today. So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So right. Uh, uh, that's not something that I'm like. I like John Cena, and I I think it's got a like. I it, I would need a bunch of people to tell me you need to watch this before I start watching it. Yeah, I I, I get that, yeah. and that, that's 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 basically it. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks today to Ben Bender, uh, Calvert Hall alum, number one pick in the MLS draft this week. Thanks also to Len Elmore as well as Ken Zalis. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Drew Forrester will join us. Also, we're going to chat with Jeff Ehrman from InsideMDSports.com. See if we can like gauge anything so far in relation to the uh, Maryland basketball coaching search and stuff and things, of course. Um, tomorrow as well. I was really hoping to get you an answer on the AJ Brown thing before the show was over, but like I, 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 I and I get why Underdog Fantasy has to do it every time they got you. You have to re-verify your identity because you know it's money that's involved, right? And then they got to. I turn off all my notifications. I don't want people to know where I am, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't. If you need to know, you know, right? But like they have to know because there's different laws everywhere in the country when it comes to betting. Right. So they have to know where you are to make sure that, like, you know, you are allowed to use the app. So then I got to go through. I got to turn on my and I'm not I'm not mad about it. 
it's I'm I'm going to continue to play underdog fantasy football because it's great. I just forget that when I'm also trying to host a show, it's inconvenient for me to also have to do these other things in order to get this answer. I just want to give you guys an answer about the AJ Brown thing, but I might, f- I might firmly believe it. might have to tweet it. I firmly believe that it's because he's not playing that they gave you that bet because there's a chance that he that they uh, if they're giving you a pick, there's a chance that he just doesn't get targeted or he has a bunch of drops or he's covered and he doesn't make any catches. That 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 chance is out. It's slim, but that chance is out it's, there. It's totally plausible, but I would just like to. I would just like to know. Just like to know. Unfortunately, you'll have to. I'll have to find out later, and I'll tell you tomorrow. That'll be the way it'll go. All right. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Exxon Mobil, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Window Depot, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and my bookie. Thanks to Paul Valley. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Loyola. Go Navy. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.